Hello, my name's Ian Forth and welcome to Sombrero Fallout, where we listen to alternative music, and this week in a special edition, through the prism of the 2017 Ashes. Now, I don't want to give regular listeners a a mini heart attack and think, what the hell's going on with my sombrero fallout? Don't worry. The standard, the quality of the music will be just as good as ever. We'll be looking once again at alternative music through the prism of intriguing themes. But that theme is going to be punning titles from the world of cricket. And I appreciate that may not mean a great deal for all my fans in Uzbekistan and the Democratic Republic of Congo. It doesn't really matter, just listen to the music. Put a little extra something for cricket lovers out there, and I know there's a few of you. Um, We'll be hearing punning titles from the likes of The Clash, DJ Shadow, Modest Mouse, Tame Impala, R.E.M., Gang of Four, The Saints, Evan Dando, Go Betweens, a little bit of Australiana there, P.P. Arnold, The Smiths, and David Bowyer. Wonder if you can guess what song that's going to be. But to start us off, in rip-roaring fashion, cast our minds back to a previous Ashes, and where would we find our friends, the Australians? Yes, in Europe.
in Europe wonder why great granddaddy ever left naughty Marquis Smith that's getting the show off to a rousing start there actually I've seen the fall a couple of times in Melbourne and Marquis Smith of the fall seemed to be enjoying himself enormously um, both occasions I've seen them so I think just a little tongue-in-cheek moment for him there from what was it 1987 okay next songs for Jeff Boycott and, and there were rumors around in the 1970s that uh, Jeff Boycott England's a prolific opening cricketer opening batsman from the time was maybe just a little a little bit uh, concerned perhaps about facing the barrage of fast bowling on Australian wickets from Lillian Thompson and uh, maybe there was a suggestion that he was deliberately avoiding the call-up
little bit of jazz drumming from Topper Hedden towards the end there. What a difference he made to the clash when he came in. It's up to you not to heed the call-up. Ha-ha. That's a tribute to Jeff Boycott and 1970s English cricket, which was on the receiving end, certainly in the early and mid-70s. A barrage of fast bowling from Lillian Thompson. Hence the punning title. Back in the UK, I'm actually in Australia these days, but uh, under duvets, dunas, as we say in Australia, around about midnight, people will be tuning in right now and uh, waiting just for that first ball to be bowled of the ashes. What a momentous ball it was in 2006, which ended up in second slips hand from Steve Harmison. Uh, great tense moment. But the clock strikes 12. All cricket lovers, all ashes lovers everywhere regard that as midnight in a perfect world. Insight, foresight, more sight. The clock on the wall reads a quarter past midnight.
Yes, we're approaching midnight, midnight in a perfect world from DJ Shadow from 1996, something that all UK cricket fans will understand implicitly as they listen to their transistor radios, their internet connections, their live streams, their blogs, whatever it might be, that it's midnight in a perfect world uh, for them. Let's hope it, it stays that way, at least until... You know, day two, that would be nice this time round, wouldn't it, for English cricket lovers? And uh, it, w- it wasn't exactly a perfect world in the last Ashes down under. In fact, it was, it was anything but. And what wouldn't we have given for Alistair Cook to have inherited Mike Brearley's sense of captaincy tactical acumen? But in, a, in an alternative perfect world, um, Alistair Cook would have been exactly that. He would have had all the, the skills that he does to score relentlessly wear down the opposition, but he would have had a brain to go with it as well, and you can't help feeling that Modest Mouse had something of that uh, nature in mind when they wrote the following song. Can you imagine all bumper stickers up and down the English land as, as Alistair Cook's captaincy reached new heights in test after test. It would have been Hart Cook's brain. <laughs> Home. The 
brain's a cliff and my heart's a bitter buffalo My heart's a bitter buffalo The twirl went down and directed another Then the match of the century Absence versus thin hair Modest Mouse and their foresighted tribute to Alistair Cook's tactical acumen, Heart Cook's Brain from the end of the 90s, and their really very good album, The Lonesome Crowded West. One of the sadnesses for English cricket supporters over the last few years has not been the emergence of a genuinely world-class off-spinner in Graham Swan, although his career was somewhat curtailed. Rather, it lay in what that uh, career eclipsed, which was that of Monty Panesar's very, very good spinner in his, in his own right. And in any other era of English cricket, he p- would have played a great many more tests. They did bowl in harness for a while in India. But once uh, Graham Swan arrives, <coughs> there can only really be one spinner, generally speaking, um, in a test side. Very occasionally, there can be more than one. And poor old Monty, well, as R.E.M. put it, Monty got a raw deal. Monty, this seems strange to me The movies had that movie thing But nonsense has a welcome ring And heroes don't come easy Now nonsense isn't new to me I know my head, I know my feet But mischief knocked me in the knees So just Got a raw deal by REM in honour of English off spinner Monty Panesar. And at this juncture, particularly if you're listening to Sombrero Fallout for the first time, let me encourage you to go to sombrerofallout.com, a website which houses all the previous podcasts on an intriguing range of themes, 
Um, and if you prefer your podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud, just go there and look for Sombrero Fallout and the little green hat. Monty Panesar, a hugely popular figure, less so Kevin Peterson, the English batsman, very fine, no doubt, and his run-scoring abilities, but uh, not as popular, as I say, as, as Monty. And two of the accusations are levelled against him. One, that he should have been playing for South Africa, which was where he was brought up. And secondly, that he tended to introduce factions wherever he went. So here's two songs in honour of KP. And the first one, at home, he's a tourist.
Talk to me by Tame Impala in tribute to the last time Kevin Peterson toured Australia and the mood in the dressing room at the time. And before that, you heard um, At Home He's a Tourist by Gang of Four, which was similarly a tribute to KP every time he played in England. I feel a little bit harsh on KP there. He brought an awful lot of pleasure with his range of scoring shots and he actually won some test matches for England single-handedly. And at his best, uh, he was apparently absolute joy to work with but not at other times okay onto the field of play our batsman goes out he's got a favorite shot it's a, a a lovely little late cut but oh no what's this the opposition have cottoned on and they've plugged the gap by bringing third man up into a holding position so unfortunately the first cut was the deepest <laughs> I would have given you all of my heart But there's someone who's torn it apart And he's taken almost all that I've got But if you wanna try to love again Baby, I'll 
First Cut is the Deepest by P.P. Arnold. <clears throat> a little reminder to myself, amongst others, that there has, of course, been a women's ashes happening already. It's not all about those blokes. And congratulations to the Australian women's team who have just wrapped up the ashes. And it's been great to see, I must say, one of the big pluses of cricket. There have been some minuses. Over the last few years, there's been the emergence and the importance of um, English and Australia embracing wholeheartedly uh, women's cricket and there's been some huge attendances growing year by year uh, for those contests and it's great to see it established um, as an essential part of the cricketing landscape these days. So back to our metaphorical cricket game, not a metaphorical one, I don't know really, a symbolic one, that's it. And um, Batsman's out there, he's, he's, he's facing the bowling, or she, facing the bowling, and just one shot, they often say, un unleashes an innings and gets a, a batsman or batswoman in the zone. And this one's a bit of a tribute to Michael Vaughan, who is an exponent of the on-drive. It is, of course, the hard drive. This is the town I'm living in This is the street I'm walking down These are the friends I'm visiting These are the clothes I'm wearing now This is the house I'm building here This is the girl I'm marrying This is the chord I'm strumming now This is the faith I'm leaning on this is the child I'm bearing now This is the love that I've always had This is the face I make when I'm sad This is the town I'm living in This is the hard drive This is the ocean Have you ever felt yourself the 
that form my words This is the stone that I want to turn These are the people that I love These are the eyes that look up above This is the town I'm living in This is the hard drive This is the ocean by Evan Dando from his album Baby I'm Bored from 2003 in tribute to Michael Vaughan. Different batsmen get different problems. Shane Watson was notorious towards the end of his career for playing across the line as they say in cricketing terms and being out LBW which may not mean a great deal for those of you in Turkmenistan uh, but it means you're out leg before wicket, one of the ways of being dismissed as a batsman in cricket. For others, however, it's a question of bad timing, which, by the way, was a song by Australian band The Triffids, which I'm unable, due to time reasons, to include tonight, but you might want to go and listen to that as well. And when you've got bad timing, you tend to play just a little bit early. The ball hits the bat just a little sooner than it should. And another way of getting out is being caught out. I just get caught out. the hair out out of my eyes Tended me through with desire I was trying my best at the stage To set myself on fire Then she said hello Just get caught out by the go-betweens. Australian band, the go-betweens, of course. And that's one of the 10 or 11, depending quite how you count it, ways of getting out a batsman out at cricket. The odd thing about cricket, and this is something that might elude people not totally familiar with the game, is that one of the batsmen in the side remains not out. If that batsman happens to have been going for some time, some hours, particularly in a test match, he may be approaching his hundred, but he's not able to actually achieve the century because he's run out of partners from the other end. Effectively, he ends up stranded. On a phone, I've got no time to be a 
Saints from about 1977, the Australian version of punk rock, which arguably preceded the English version of punk rock. The historians will probably forever argue about that one. One of the odd things about cricket, criticism that's levelled at it all the time is you can play for five days and of course it's a draw at the end of it that rather overlooks the epic uh, peaks and troughs, the swings, the vicissitudes of the game, which makes it such an enthralling spectacle. But as we get towards the end of the fifth day, maybe bowling side realises it's not going to be able to get those last five or six wickets to force a win in the last half hour. Both captains come together, speak to the umpires, and everyone agrees. And the fielding captain says to his bowlers, I know it's over. Oh, mother, I can feel the soil falling over my head And as I climb into an empty bed Oh well, enough said I know it's over, still I cling I don't know where else I can go Oh, mother, I can feel the soil falling over my head. See, the sea wants to take me, the knife wants to slit me. Do you think you can help me? 
The Smiths, I know it's over, and as they say, it never even really began. Such an existential statement which could equally be applied to to test matches which end in a draw. I also like to think of a a bowler snapping snapping at an umpire as he seizes his pullover after having bowled the sixth ball and just had a particularly vociferous um, LBW appeal turned down. Snarls at the umpire. I know it's over. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) 
That's a clever saying, isn't it? Okay. We come to the end of the day's play. We come to the last day of the test match. Come to the end of the series, maybe, and thoughts turn in Shakespeare's memorable phrase to the last syllable of recorded time. We will be always playing these series between the old enemies, England and Australia. Sometimes it seems so. One might almost be tempted to think in, in cosmic terms. Ashes to ashes. We know 
Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie from 1980, bringing to an end this special edition of Sombrero Fallout, where we've been celebrating the start of the 2017 Ashes, the cricket contest that's been going on since 1877 between England and Australia. And I suppose, as David Bowie pointed out there, well, win or lose this time round, whichever happens to your team, there'll always be another Ashes along in a couple of years' time in another hemisphere to uh, reignite the rivalry all over again. Thank you to my production team on today's episode, particularly Toby, uh, my cocker spaniel, who's provided moral support throughout. Uh, coming up to the end of the year, and I think a little programme of activity just for, to diarise, We'll have a, a normal uh, sombrero fallout next time round, <laughs> whatever normal means. Uh, subject TBA, then I think we'll probably go into a, a Christmas edition sometime in mid-December. And then at the end of the year, we'll have a, a best of 2017 roundup. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed bringing you this special edition of sombrero fallout where we've celebrated the alternative ashes. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, as I say. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. And until next time, farewell from Sombrero Fallout. We come